When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful Friday afternoon. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson. Mario Tirabasi is en route to a well-deserved uh, weekend vacation, so we hope he's driving safe and we know he's listening. We know he's tuned in. Just can't wait to hear our thoughts because he can't get enough of them. Make sure you smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you like the YouTube page as well. If you're a uh, podcast listener, we love you too. Make sure you are following or subscribe there. And hey, how about for Friday, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. A couple things to get to today. We're obviously going to talk about the very latest playoff action. Uh, really good stuff last night. It's been a great playoff so far this year. I think every night, Greg, we look at each other and say, well, that was awesome. Uh, it has that feeling every single night. So we're going to get to that. Uh, but we're going to start things off with Lu- Lucas Reichel. And I think um, if you're reading the description or you saw the uh, the little slate image we had uh, before the show started, we're not going to rip into Lucas Reichel. We're just going to talk about it. So if you missed it, the Rockford Icehawks played a grand total of five playoff games. Uh, he had one goal that was scored in, I guess you would probably define that as garbage time, right, Greg? Yeah, 16 seconds to go down, what was it, 4 nothing at the time, 3 yeah, nothing, whatever it was. It was a pretty meaningless goal. Yeah, we'll just put uh, it that way. finished a minus 4, and yesterday, as the show was wrapping up, we saw a little bit of news uh, coming out of Germany that he was a little bit banged up, that he got hurt, uh, I get, hurt is not right, banged up in game two of that series against Iowa reached out to a couple sources today and confirmed Lucas Reichel was indeed a little bit banged up in that series. Nothing crazy, nothing that's going to require surgery or anything like that. He is going to miss the world championships uh, so he can get better and be fully ready to go for next season. So um, aside from your typical kind of playoff bang up sort of stuff, uh, he was healthy. So Greg, what do you make of his performance? I know you saw uh, more of the games than I did uh, in the playoffs, but I will say we went to game one, Mario and I, and noticed like, damn, he is significantly better than everybody on the ice. He didn't score, didn't pick up any points in that game, but was just on a different level. And then the other games we watched, he just didn't seem that way. What did you make of it? Well, he it's disappointing because you want him to dominate at yeah. this point. You want him to be... You know, you want him to be that player uh, that takes over a game. And you, you never saw that. You didn't see it last year. Last year's playoff performance, very similar. Five games, one goal. I think it was a minus three last year. He had more shots this year. He had 15 shots. So he was averaging three shots a game. He had 12 shots in those five games last year. So, like, 
he was noticeable. Like it wasn't like he was completely invisible and you were like, Oh, I forgot Lucas Reichel played today. He was noticeable. He was in those Texas games. He was noticeable for the wrong reasons. In that first game, he had two uh, turnovers that led directly to, to stars goals and, and they lost that game by a goal. So he was a difference maker, not the way you want him to be, but, you know, Arvid Soderblom had a bad turnover in that game, too. Like, you can't pin that game completely on him. Um, he's noticeable on the ice. He's he's the fastest guy on the ice in both of those series. Mm-hmm. And when he would get the puck and have some room, like, the crowd would start to kind of go, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think the biggest problem with him is he didn't get that space a whole lot. You know, playoff hockey, especially in the AHL, is different. Um, AHL regular season hockey is different. There's a lot more physicalness. There's a lot more grabbing. There's a lot more trying to slow you down. It, the game is called differently. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the, in the NHL, they tend to make sure you let those guys get through the neutral zone quickly, more so than the AHL. The AHL, they'll allow a little more of the grabbing, a little more of the interference than you would see in an, at the NHL level. I don't know if that's on purpose or is it just the officiating you're getting AHL refs, not NHL refs. That's a discussion for another day. But my biggest critique of Lucas Reichel is he just wasn't aggressive enough. He didn't shoot enough. He wanted to pass every time he got ahead of steam into the, into the zone. It seemed that he was then looking to his left and right to see who he can give the puck to instead of just, Hey, shoot the puck, get it on net, go for a rebound. Good things happen when you shoot. He kind of had that Max Domi disease that we that we saw when he was, you know, for much of the season when he was playing with Patrick Kane, that he deferred some open looks to try and set up a goal for a teammate, which is not a terrible thing in when you do that on a regular basis. But when the shots are there, you need to take them. And it seemed that he there were a lot of times he was just trying to be too fancy with the puck instead of just playing simple and getting the puck on net letting his wingers crash in that for some rebounds. Um, so that that's my biggest critique. Sometimes the pucks just don't go in. Sometimes, you know, how many playoff series have we seen in the NHL level where we'll use the Maple Leafs as, as a point where like, hey, Mitch Marner was invisible for a series, didn't get, got two points in a six-game series, and everybody wants to blame him for losing. Or there was a couple postseasons where Austin Matthews yeah. barely, or sometimes you just can't sometimes it's just not your series it's hard to say that four straight series really aren't your series but he's still 20 year he, he can't even legally buy a beer in this country yet so um i'm more encouraged by what we saw from him in that that second stint here in the nhl than the ahl playoffs because in, in the grand scheme of things Sure, you want a deep Ice Hogs run. You want the Ice Hogs to win a Calder Cup. You want Lucas Reichel to be involved in as many of those playoff games as possible because this is going to be his last – that was his last run down there. Yeah. At least it better be. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm more encouraged about what I saw at the NHL level than discouraged by what I saw at the AH level. Yeah, I mean, sense. look, it's – it's I don't not to – it's not a parallel, but like – Gerard Gallant, after the Rangers were eliminated, were just like, we just weren't good this week, right? And, like, it can sort of happen that way. But as, as it goes with Reichel, he's 20 years old. Uh, just, I'm going to state right away, I'm not concerned. I'm not. Um, 
I do think there's a bit of a factor where a player, a skilled player, can struggle to put up points at the lower at the AHL level because of the style of play you described. It is more physical. It's a lot more tightly checked. It very much resembles like 2000s NHL to me, whereas a lot of grabbing, a lot of clutching, because overall, the skill is just not there, right? AHL players, aside from your Lucas Reichel type of prospect that every team's got one or two of those guys, the rest are those bottom six, you know, really bottom uh, 13, 14, 15 NHL type forward types at best. So there's just not the skill on the ice that you typically see. And I think to Tavo Teravainen, who was not putting up huge numbers in his time in Rockford. He had uh, two seasons there in uh, in 2013-14, only played five games, had two goals. In 2014-15, 39 games, six goals, 19 assists, 25 points. Nothing that's overwhelming. Did not get the chance to play in the playoffs for Rockford uh, in those two years. I think that sometimes when you have the highly skilled players, the AHL game can slow them down or a, li- a little bit. And, I, and I, you know, I, I had, I don't remember where I had a chance to talk to him. I don't remember where this was, but I, I, I talked to Tavo and, and he said something around the lines of like, sometimes you'll make a play or you'll make a pass. And you know what? It wasn't him. It was a former teammate of his. Maybe it was Joachim Nordstrom or somebody like that. I forget who it was, but they said like, AHL guys are not ready for NHL passes, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it sounds like we're making every kind of excuse for Lucas Reichel, and maybe, maybe guilty on that one. But had he not come up and had those great last few call-ups where he was one of the best, if not the best Blackhawk on the ice for much of his time here, I'd be a little more worried. Like if his call-ups this year looked like the call-ups from last year and early this year, I would have a little bit of concern, but he was so damn good. And now the fact that we're finding out that he's banged up enough to skip the world championships, that kind of tells me, okay, you know, wasn't his series. And the the NHL performance from him um, makes me feel like once he gets up here with more skilled players, he's really going to be able to show his game and, and grow his game a little bit. Because honestly, when we were at that playoff game, I didn't love him in that Patrick Kane spot along the boards. I just... Yeah, he's probably your best passer, but he's also by far your best scorer. You know, why not put him in that bumper role out in front and get him used to some contact, getting used to fighting through pucks, through traffic, like having to do those things that we've seen Taylor Radish succeed with with the Blackhawks this year. That spot like right in the middle, right in front. Yeah, I know he's a great passer, but man, you really want your offense to go through him. And Patrick Kane was on that was on that wing during for the power play because he was such a great passer, and he had all these great players to finish for him, right? Yeah. Once Debrinkit went, and that cross ice pass was gone, Kane's power play contributions went way, way down, right? So I don't know. I, I I'm not concerned. I know that people are maybe looking at that and saying like, "Ooh, I don't know. Shouldn't he be dominating at the AHL level?" And I don't know. It's it's rare to see a guy, and, and Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, like a top prospect go to the AHL and just light it up. It doesn't, it doesn't really happen, happen that, that often. Way. Yeah. Because as you said, and it's a very good point, NHL talent with AHL players doesn't always work because you can make a great pass and the guy on your wing might not have his stick on the ice because he's not as aware as a guy playing in the NHL or, you know, and, and there's so much 
up and down and roster turnover, you know, and just it's 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 if we go look through it again, like <clears throat> go look at the AHL MVP awards. It's rarely ever won by a prospect. It's always won by like these Andrew Polarowski, you know, Brendan Peary guys. A, you have to play the entire season in the AHL to usually win the MVP. And a lot of times these young top prospect players don't play the full season there. But it's, it, as you said, for, for the young skilled players, the AHL, it's tough to dominate in because that's not the way the game is played. It's, it's as you said, it's it's more like those, those uh, 2000 two New Jersey devil Jacques Lemaire teams. We're just going to just slow you down as much as possible. And, uh, you know, they, they, for the speed guys, especially in the playoffs, like Texas pretty much had uh, like Curtis McKenzie uh, shadowing him out there. Curtis McKenzie is one of these AHL lifer guys. One of these guys that knows how it is. He knows what to get away with. He knows how to get under people's skin, a very good defense, defensive player. And, um, you know, for the prospects to dominate, you don't, you don't see it a whole lot. There's exceptions, you know, Matt, when Matt Boldy was down in, in, uh, Iowa last season for, for the Minnesota, he was really good. And but then he came up and he's been, he was really fantastic for them this year. Like there are guys that can, you know, but those seem to be more of like the guys that could set up in the left circle and blast one timers home and, and shoot, you know, and that's not really Lucas Reichel's game. He's not a, he's not a sniper per se. He's not an Alex to type player. He's, he, you know, he, he's going to use his speed more and try and beat goalies one-on-one as opposed to blasting one timers past them. So, you know, look at the two regular seasons. Lucas Reichel put up pretty much a point per game guy as a teenager in a men's league, a yeah. grown ass men's league. I'm not going to let 10 playoff games, weird formatted, you know, strange games at an end of a season really deter, you know, yeah, I'm disappointed. I wanted to see more, but I could say that about pretty much the entire Ice Hogs roster outside of one or two guys. So um, sometimes teams just know how to shut you down. And when you're Lucas Reichel in a playoff series, who else are they really focusing on? The game plan is going to be: Do not let number twenty-seven beat us. Sure, they've got Rocco Grimaldi not, and some yeah. guys that can score at the HL level. But yes. let let DJ Buzdecker end our season <laughs> if need be. But don't let <laughs> yeah. the best player on the ice between the two teams beat us. Right. So they put all eighteen guys have their attention on Lucas Reichel. Yeah. And they'll let they'll let you know Bobby Lynch score a goal if he has to. Yeah, a couple good comments here. Uh, Rick said what you just sort of said. Is everyone forgetting the regular season Reichel had? He was basically a point-per-player game, which is great for the AHL. Yeah, that, that's part of it, too, is he had a really good regular season, uh, 51 points in 55 games, was up and down, had a struggle a little bit after that, that send-down. Uh, we're like, we don't have room in the top six for him. He's got to go down. Had a couple tough bounce back after that, but then came back nicely. Uh, and then it was Lebowski five says, can Reichel be a scoring winner winger on the third line on a contender? Does he really have to be a top six forward? Uh, I think guys games can change a little bit as they get older. I think until he like truly grows into his body, he's got to be a top six. You're not going to put him on a checking line. You're not going to put him on a fourth line. Um, if we're taught, this is a game I always like to play. If Lucas Reichel is on the dynasty Blackhawks, where is he? Where is he playing? Um, 
right now, it would probably be on that line with like the Christopher Stieg, Michael Frolik. Like it's a third line because it is right. your third line, but it's a second line on most teams, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if they get that deep that Lucas Reichel's a third line winger, that is really, really good news. Yeah. And with yeah, that in mind, sure. uh, we've got a web poll going ahead of uh, Monday's uh, draft lottery. Did you hear about that whole thing? Yeah, that's happening. Uh, this is on our YouTube page. How are you feeling about Monday night's NHL draft lottery? The options are confident, whatever happens, happens, or bundle of nerves. I guess I'm a B on that one, Greg. How about you? That's where I'm in right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, here on Friday afternoon at 2, whatever p.m. it is, I'm whatever happens, happens. I'm ready to just move on. But I'm sure by around 6.58 on <laughs> uh, Monday night, I'll probably be more in that bundle of nerves uh, category. You know, hey, if their team that should have been number nine, all of a sudden is not there. Well, then you're like, uh-oh, well, could be four. Could still be one or two. And if we get to the team that should be six and they're not there, then it's like, well, we've moved down. Um, so we can kind of get some clues heading into that. But That's terrifying. Is, we had an amazing talk with uh, Chris Peterson. Yeah. Well, we had an amazing talk with Chris Peters yesterday, and he gave us a lot of good insight on guys that, all up and down the top five. So no matter where they go, it's going to be – uh, they're going to get a good player, and that's that's all that matters at this point. Yep, it's uh, going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. You're right. I am I am not a bundle of nerves now, uh, but I'm certainly going to be. Uh, but hey, it is Friday. It is beautiful. It is sunny. And why don't you take on the sun with gear built to last? Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've ever worn durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures and that's not all shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by their great lost and broken replacement program if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they'll send you a brand new pair no questions asked wear your shady rays with confidence Wear them in the lake, go swimming with them, play softball with them, whatever you got to do, because they have your back long after your purchase. And together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our CHGO listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code CHGO. You're going to get 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars. By over 12,000, 12, no, 250,000 people. That's a lot of people. And with the NHL and NBA playoffs underway and Cubs season underway, I have been given my Fubo TV a workout. And if you're a cord cutter, you should check it out too. FuboTV.com slash CHGO. You get 140 
live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device. You can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price and at FuboTV.com slash CHGO. You can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. If you're a cord cutter and you're a Cub fan like me, I check both those boxes. FuboTV is the only place you're going to find Marquee Sports Network to watch your Chicago Cubs. There's no contract. There's no cable. There's no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. You get a 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. You can watch your local teams all traveling. And again, if you want to watch the Cubs on Marquee, you got to get Fubo TV. They've also got NBC Sports Chicago and NBC Sports Chicago Plus, so you can catch all of the Blackhawks and Bulls and White Sox games. So you are totally covered when it comes to Chicago sports. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. That is FuboTV.com slash CHGO. And before we get into the rest of the show, we want to remind everybody that our draft lottery show is Monday. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to be live on YouTube at 7 p.m. So you're going to watch the three of us very nervously <laughs> wait for the Blackhawks selection to come up and find out when they're picked. Then around 7.35 or so, we're going to officially start the podcast. You're going to hear the music. You're going to hear the countdown, the whole deal. It's all going to happen at one link, so it's going to be great. Uh, and then that will be the podcast and we're going to go pretty long on that one. So I would imagine at least an hour and a half, maybe two hours on that show. We're going to talk to Cam Robinson. He's going to give us a breakdown of who might be available, uh, wherever the Hawks end up having to pick. Hopefully it's number one. So it will be a short conversation and we are uh, hopeful for a conversation with Blackhawks general manager, Kyle Davidson. So fingers crossed on that one. I know it's a busy night for him, uh, but we've been told that the team is going to do everything they can to make it happen for us uh, with Kyle Davidson on Monday. So you're, there's nowhere else to be. Uh, watch along with us uh, as the picks are being made. And then as soon as the draft lottery wraps up, mute those playoff games and watch the uh, draft lottery roundup show with Greg, Mario, and I on Monday night. So uh, we can't wait. We've been looking forward to this day, Greg, for the last, what, 18 months or so? Uh, maybe even longer than that. So it's finally going to be here in, uh, in three days. Finally, finally, finally. March 4th, 2022 is when we really started targeting that date. So, Yep, it's been a really freaking long time. And if you missed yesterday's show, uh, make sure you head back and watch. We talked to Chris Peters of Flow Hockey. He talked about Bedard. He talked about Fantilli. But then he really got in depth with some of the other guys, Mitch Kov, Carlson, uh, Will Smith, on and on and on. So anyone that might be in that top five where the Hawks are guaranteed to pick, uh, we've got you covered on yesterday's podcast, so go back and check that out. There's also going to be some stuff on Monday dropping on our YouTube page uh, throughout the day. So uh, just like we said, can't wait to get there. Can't wait to just figure out what the pick's going to be, start our draft coverage, and and go on from there. And I, we just encourage everybody that regardless of what happens, if it's number five, if it's number four, the Hawks are still going to get a really, really good player. So it's something to be excited about, not upset about. I don't know. I'm a little shocked. Bundle of nerves is not doing better in the poll. Yeah. What are the results? Four. Um, so far, whatever happens, happens is the uh, the clear winner at this point. But uh, it's still early. So. I mean, we've had we've had since last, since last March to know. you know to to talk it up and worry about it and live and die with every game result. And uh, 
Yeah, it's. I'm just glad it's here. Yes, thank goodness. Monday night, let's do this. Yeah. Are you going to be there? <laughs> I don't know yet what the schedule is looking like for me that day. Oh, but wait, I, I think it's Steven. Might be. It's, it's yeah. going to be Steven. That's right. I talked to him yesterday. Yeah. But I might be in the building. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I'll, I just I'll got, be in a bundle of nerves. It was so funny yesterday when uh, Chris Peters said that Connor Bedard is a shortcut. Yep, we've said that uh, getting Connor Bedard doesn't make or break the rebuild. It just takes a year off of it. Yeah, and that, that that would be wonderful. The other thing interesting about on that thing too, if they do end up getting Bedard, is that Chris Peters is like they kind of have to shift gears a little bit. They can't just like they probably have to go out and get a couple guys that can play with him, which I thought was interesting. And look, we've not dismissed Max Domi, Andrea Thanasiu. Maybe, right? Uh, Reichel will be here. So if it is Bedard, I wonder how much, and maybe we can ask this to Kyle Davidson Monday if they win the lottery, if we can get him off the ceiling if they end up getting number one. Um, and just say, like, does this change anything for you? Does this change your trajectory? Does this change how aggressive you are in this free agency versus next or whatever? It, that's the sort of thing that just, once you once you get the information that that's your pick, you're kind of on the clock to start trying to win with that guy now, right? To a degree. Um, the t- free agency class this year is not the one that really go out opting for veterans. <laughs> it's not that great. There are guys, you don't need to stock your whole entire team, but yeah, you do need to get a couple of line mates that have some NHL experience against to play with him. I think... Some people will be like, well, why did you just keep Taves and Kane then? We're not going to go through that uh, again. So bring back Max Domi, get another guy. Yeah, bring back Max Domi if he wants to uh, come back here and or get get guys like that. You don't need to go out and get stars to play with him. That's down the road. Yeah, Lebowski 5 says if they get Bedard, they'll have to grab a Havlat Havlat Robert Lang type guy for a couple years. Maybe that's – I mean – Domi and Havlat, is that a good comparison? Havlat was probably better when he was healthy, but that was very rare that he was ever healthy. Um, so, yeah, maybe Domi's that guy. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I It's going to be let's, – let's hope it's a problem we have to solve this summer. I really hope so. I mean, that would be a really good problem yeah. to have. And there's a, a question here from Phil who says, there seems to be a growing appreciation for Domi and Dallas. Do you think Dallas will sign him? I guess it depends on how deep they go into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I'm not – I'm going to look up right now what their cap situation is. I don't think it's great. It's not great. Um, Dodonov is a free agent. Glenn Denning is going to be a free agent. Uh, Kivy Ronta is a free agent. Um, who else they have to resign? Joel Hanley. Eh, I don't know if he's a huge – huge. Uh, he's a good player, but, you know, a lot of their really good players are locked up long term. Like Robin Robertson's locked up till 26-27. Sagan – Till 27 28, Ben till 25 26. Pavelski has a year left, so they might have some space for him. Uh, I just don't know if they bring him in for a pay raise, what it's going to do. I don't know. I look, if anyone was paying attention to the Hawks this year, and if you weren't us, I don't know why you would be. Um, <laughs> Domi was a he was a good, effective player, like he was yeah. consistently the best Blackhawk, and I was sort of like part of the reason I was like, maybe don't trade him so. Other people don't see how valuable he is because he's had this reputation of like, oh, you know, can't really figure it out. He had kind of like a malcontent 
thing, which couldn't be further from the truth from what we saw. Um, I don't know. It seems like he wants to be here. It seems like he likes that that role. But again, maybe that taste of winning and that taste of a long playoff run might be too tempting for him. True, but uh, the Hawks can can give him can overpay for him and be comfortable overpaying for him. So, sure, I might have a chance to win with Dallas, but hmm, an extra three or four million dollars over a couple years. Screw winning. Let's give me some more money. You know, that all comes on him and see what the market is. Um, Corey says you could overpay for Tarasenko for a couple of years. Sure, you could. I mean, I don't know if that's the route I'd necessarily want to go to. That's probably a guy that would rather go to a contender. But, again, the contenders' markets, there's not a lot of these top contenders that have cap space to go out and get big-time guys. So, it, it, a lot, so many factors, so many moving pieces, um, you know. But again, let's let's get that number one pick first, and then worry about this quote problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, but the one thing though, in Domi is, you know, for him, the good news is like this free agent class isn't great. Like it's Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves at the top. If Jonathan Taves decides to play, Ryan O'Reilly is there. Tarasenko, Van Riemsdyk. Klingberg, and then there's like a pretty decent drop off from there. Like Max Pacioretty's good, but he's 34. He's kind of banged up. Uh, Sean Monahan, Milan Lucic, Kyle Oposo, Matthew Dumba, Timo Meyer. Didn't he sign? He resigned, didn't he? No. The Devils didn't lock him up. I don't think so. Not no. that I... Okay. Well, there's no. one, but he, you know, Timo Meyer's not going to come here long term. No. You know, and 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 they they shouldn't be offering Timo Meyer long term at this point. Even if it was, uh, even if Bedard was here, it's a waste of three or four years of Timo Meyer. Yeah, I, guess I mean, so. you can wait when you're ready to contend. You can find a Timo Meyer type player who's already in his prime instead of wasting his prime. And by the time you're ready to go to the playoffs, he might have passed his prime. I swear he got signed. I don't know why I thought he he resigned with New Jersey, but um, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind a guy like Pacioretty, but you know. He's blown out his Achilles twice in yeah. the last year. That's not a good thing. You need a dude that's going to be on the ice. You don't need yeah. Him. Yeah. And who knows if if he bounces back, like how much does that affect his speed and his skating? Like a lot of question marks there, but that could be in the favor where you, hey, nobody's trusting your, your, your heels right now. So how about uh, we uh, give you a little discount here and, and, Give you, we'll put you on the top six. It could maybe like a reclamation. We'll put you on the top six. You go score a whole bunch of goals with us playing with Connor Bedard, and then we trade you at the deadline to a contender. But if you want to go cheap and slow, just go Phil Kessel. Hey, it's going to be cheap, and I don't know how much slower you can get. <laughs> hey, man, the, the, the stories write themselves here. If, if there's ever been a match made in heaven, it's Phil Kessel in Chicago. That's, I mean, come on. It's it's a perfect Just, perfect match. Yes, make make me make me happy. That would be a dream come true. I have loved Phil Kessel for years, and I just want to spend a season covering him because I think Phil and I, I think Phil and the CHGO crew can become fast lifelong friends. Uh, yes, I think uh, <laughs> you and I have a lot in common with him, Mario. And me. Yes, though I will say, even though Mario's not here, I'm always impressed by his food orders. I think he's just got he, the uh, young metabolism. He can put it away. Yeah. Yeah. When we were at the uh, Ice Hogs game, he got like pulled pork uh, nachos, but then he's like, then I added a bunch of stuff to it. I'm like, 
and that was after he stopped at Beefaroo before going to the game. That was meal number two. Yeah. Like Mario can put it away. Yeah. He probably eats the most out of the three of us, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, that, I'm sure so that's hard that, to believe. But So when that metabolism slows down, and it will, um, <laughs> he's going to catch up to us pretty quickly. We'll have to roll him out on set, too, <laughs> any day now. Um, but hey. have to get new, 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 uh, new chairs on the set, little steel reinforcements yeah. on the bottom. <laughs> that's, that definitely will be needed soon. Uh, hey, and if you want to wash down your barbecue pulled pork buffalo nachos, the best thing to do it with is a nice crispy cold goose island beer we are supported by goose island beer company there's chicago's beer there it is since 1988 they've got the goose ipa that is a six-time medal winner at the great american beer fest always in style citrus aroma bold hop finish delicious the new tropical beer hugs dry hopped imperial ipa 9.9 alcohol that's dangerously easy to drink It'll get you drunk, as Dave Chappelle says. They've got the 312, the wheat ale. That's kind of the flagship. That's my favorite. And, of course, the full pocket pills. That's your everyday beer, what the brewers are drinking. Not the Milwaukee brewers, the brewers of the beer. Uh, And, like I said, my favorite is the 312. Big fan of the uh, Green Line as well. And those shandies are damn delicious. So grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or... From their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer, my friends. Yes, they are very efficient at brewing beers over there on uh, <laughs> Fulton. Very efficient. And speaking of efficiency, this is a good time to talk about the Comet Ed Energy Efficiency Program that is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve. I want to help you manage energy usage and lower energy bills now into the future. Save energy and money, or as we like to say, monergy. Yeah. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Comet also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. HVAC systems, you have my attention. How does this work? Well, an authorized engineer will work with you, Greg, to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, you'll receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that you can start working on immediately, and each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy, energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Was that comed.com slash powering biz like B-I-Z? Twas. Schedule nice. yours today. Greg, Very good. are the Toronto Maple Leafs done? No. Okay. <laughs> but you're my you're my guiding light on this because <laughs> they're not done. They still have incredibly way too much talent. But they are as close to being done without being done as you can get right now. They are in the as Archer would like to say, the danger zone. <laughs> they are in trouble. Big I, trouble. Th- and it's got a lot to do with Sergey Brabowski. He's the MVP of that series right now. There was a stat 
out that Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and William Nylander combined for 22 shots on goal last night, and Borowski stopped them all. That's how you beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, I said it after the, not yesterday's show, but the show before, that the Leafs don't need to change anything. They're playing fine. They're getting their chances. They're getting their looks. They're big players, like you just said, have, have put up scoring chances. They're just not going in. And just as we talked about with the New York Rangers, and just as we talked about with Lucas Reichel, sometimes it's just not your series. And man, I thought that after getting past the Lightning, the Leafs were going to come out and just blitz the Florida Panthers. And they again, they're playing fine. They're really not doing anything wrong. It's just that dude, that dude Bobrovsky is he's back on the case. Yep. And and the the Panthers are the most confident team in this playoffs right now. Like even down two nothing in that game, never phased. They just kept doing what they do. We're gonna forecheck the hell out of you. We're just gonna keep the pressure on. Eventually, you're gonna make the most minicu- minuscule little mistake, and we're gonna be there to exploit it, and we're gonna score. Like the the Maple Leafs were the better team for eighty percent of that game last night, but for that twenty percent that the Panthers had the upper hand, they 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 took advantage of it and they killed them. Like they are just they're a complete team and. So impressive what they've been able to do. They've won their, they've won five straight row games in Boston and Toronto. That's amazing. I, I think I mean, that, like there's definitely something to be said for no expectations, and they're just going in there loose. Like, hey, if we lose, everyone thinks we're going to lose anyway. So let's just not lose. It's another series where all the pressure's on Toronto, and there's nothing on the Panthers because the Panthers already accomplished their big thing. No matter what happens from now on, they're going to be remembered as the team that took out the team that had the greatest regular season of all time. Yeah, everybody remembers the 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 2019 Columbus Blue Jackets. Anybody remember what they did after that series? No, I mean I know they lost in the next <laughs> round, but nobody remembers. Yeah, unless you unless they go on to win the cup, no one's going to care. They they took down the big bad Bruins. They probably ended the career of Pat- Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. You know, they can't, they, everybody's going to remember that series. If they lose this series, no one's going to, that's going to be a footnote. Yeah. But the Maple Leafs, they lose this series. It's another year since 1967. Here we go again. Great. You slayed the dragon. You won a playoff series. Great. You still haven't won shit. You still haven't won anything. Yeah. You can celebrate a first round playoff win all you want. But that team is not built to win one playoff series in seven years. And we could watch you know, Kyle that, Dubas spike his water bottle and swear all he wants on the Dubas cam, but like I'm so tired of him. I wish he'd go away. It's, and it's not his fault. It's, it's not. not his fault. They don't have to put him on camera all the time. They just well, don't have to I, do that. No, and I, I get the I get the Canadian feeds wanted and that's where we see it because it's coming from the Canadian feeds and that's you know yeah he's fiery. He's got the passion my friend but eh, whatever man like I don't need to see his reaction to every play. Well, here the other it's, thing, it's it's Canadian, so it is what it is. Yeah. The other thing about the Leafs too is like, even if they do, they will eventually win a Stanley Cup again, probably before the NHL goes out of business. Um, the pressure is never off of them. They can win five cups in a row, and that yeah. sixth year, if they fall short, there's going to be criticism. There's going to be people pissed off, like. That's just part of being a Maple Leaf. 
and it yeah. wears on guys. Like it, it just does. Like there's very few guys that just can kind of handle that for a, like, you take a look at the last time the Leafs were like, like the Matt Sundin and the Doug Gilmore and like those sort of teams, Wendell Clark, like all those guys. And most guys go play somewhere else, but like, it's kind of a short run. You can only yeah. put up with that for so long. Hey, and if you want to see Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, one of those guys in a Blackhawks uniform in a couple of years, you better hope they don't win a Stanley Cup because the, the more they fail, the more people are going to criticize them and run them into the arms of Kyle Davidson, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that would be that that would be amazing. Um, yeah. Even Neil, uh, Ender, who's, yeah, who's sure. constantly under scrutiny for whatever, you know, for not being He was the scapegoat the two years ago or three years ago. Then last year he scored a bunch of goals and it was Mitch Marner that was the scapegoat and blah, blah, blah. There's always somebody to blame. Maybe it's just maybe that group together just can't get it done. I don't think maybe. I just I don't think they can. They haven't been able to in all these years, and they're not done. They could still easily rattle off four out of the next five games, rattle off a win. They're still on paper one of the best teams in the league. Probably have the most talent from top to bottom, but you still got to execute. And they are, for the most part, they could. I mean, they're getting they're getting goalied right now, but they're also a te- playing a team that just you can't get them off their their plan of attack. And for as much crap as I gave Paul Maurice earlier this year, and calling him a retread, and you know why he would is. you hire this guy? <laughs> By definition, well, he's a retread. <laughs> yeah, well, he is, but you know he's. Proven me wrong. I'm sure he's proving a lot of other critics wrong. He's got this team playing so good when it really matters. And it took some time. I mean, they won the President's Trophy last year. They they completely changed the makeup of their team when they traded away Jonathan Uberdo and, and uh, Uyghur to get Matthew Kachuk. Took a little time. New coach. You know, your captain's your, one of your leaders, your franchise, all-time leading franchise scorer was Jonathan Uberdo. He's gone. He was a Hart Trophy candidate last year. You know, you had Claude Giroux for for part of that run last year. So you had a lot of, 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 uh, you know, change. It took some time to gel. And they're playing in that hellacious Eastern Conference, too. So they're playing at the best time of year. And Paul Maurice deserves a lot of credit for what's going on here. And so, so as much as I... I gave them crap when they were underperforming. I have to give them a ton of credit for while now that they're playing up and exceeding where they should be. So tremendous job by him. If you can give, if there was a a Jack Adam award for the regular season and one for the postseason, right now Paul Maurice would be getting that vote. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, Nerfin says someone showed uh, Paul Maurice footage of Greg's comments, and he's like, "I'll show him." And then back to the Austin Matthews thing, Lebowski five says that's the pitch to Austin Matthews. You can be under the microscope in Toronto, or you can come and be anonymous and loved in Chicago. Yeah. You're only going to get recognized in Chicago when you're, when you're doing Stanley cup parades. Otherwise people outside of, you know, uh, weirdos that like us and watch our show, people are going to leave you the F alone. Yeah. I I'm telling you, I saw Patrick Kane inside of Qdoba in like 2014 and like no one knew he was there. I was like, that's no one cares that that's Patrick Kane. Yeah. Okay, cool. Whatever. Most people didn't know. Yeah. Very cool. Um, all right. Let, uh, let's, let's go to Dallas and Seattle here. Boy, did Dallas look good last night? Ooh. That's, that's the rebound game that 
I was expecting. I think that five goal uh, allowance from game one was an anomaly. Jake Ottinger back to being Jake Ottinger. Um, they didn't even give him that many chances though. Seattle, you know, they were, they were, they were taken out of that game early and weren't allowed to come back in. So great performance. Uh, Max Domi got another assist. I think he's got six now in the playoffs. He's been coming on with those assists the last few games, and that's only going to help his off season value. Um, you know, so the more assists he gets, if, I mean, if he starts chipping in with a few goals here, that joyous reunion here in Chicago might not happen because that market might start getting tougher and there might be, I mean, and part of the reason the Hawks were able to get them this past summer was because I don't think there were a lot of contenders making phone calls to his agent on July 1st. It could be a different story this year. If he keeps, you know, contributing to a team that, that is three wins away from the Western conference final. Go Kraken. Cause <laughs> I, want, I want that dude back. I like him. I want him back. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Max Domi, Max Domi uh, completely changed my uh, perception of him, uh, getting to cover him. And that it literally like started right away when they had a, a Zoom press conference with him uh, after the signing. I, something happened where his plane, his flight to Chicago got canceled or something, so they just did it via Zoom. It made me feel like we were back in the, the COVID era. But um, even from that initial press conference, I was like, okay, this dude's got a personality. He seems like a good kid. Like, And then just a couple after a few practices in training camp and talking to him a couple of times, you're like, you know, I like this guy. I didn't think I would, but I do. Um, so I think there'll be some competition for him. I don't think it's – and that's part of the problem with these, like, why you don't see these reunions. When you trade a guy at a deadline, you trade him to a contender. And some of these guys become major contributors to a championship team or a team that wins a couple of, of playoff rounds. And all of a sudden, other teams that weren't interested in the year before go, well, wait a minute. Look what he did in the playoffs. Maybe that's a guy we want on our team. So yep. we shall see. We'll see. And then tonight we've only got the one game. Uh, Devils and Hurricanes. Yeah, the schedule is so weird this round. Well, I know there's so a bunch weird. of like, uh, doesn't Seattle's got like an arena situation? Yeah, Seattle didn't think, think they were going to like right? make the playoffs because they scheduled <laughs> a bunch of concerts in May. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think that that series doesn't play again until Sunday. I think. Uh, let's see. Yeah, T tonight yeah, there's they're... one game. Tomorrow there's only one game on a Saturday, and then there's three games on Sunday. That's right. Like ga like game four of the Maple Leafs Panthers isn't until like Wednesday of next week. They only play like once over the next three or four yeah. days. Game four it's, is Wednesday. It's weird. It's it's, it's same, a strange it, schedule. And game four of Golden Knights Oilers is Wednesday too. They, they're they're yeah. something going on with that. So they go they too. They no. Mm, is that no? Because I thought game four was was uh, or was that game three on Monday? Because Oilers Vegas is the only game on Monday. Game two is Saturday and game three is Monday. Oh, that's right. They've only played one game. Yeah. I, like, see, I'm all screwed up. I yeah. Because the game two for Vegas should have been last night, tonight, tonight. Uh, it should have been, but it's not. Yeah, it's tomorrow, and then game three is. Uh, whatever yeah. it, it's well, confusing just real quick before you wrap up uh vegas made the oilers look slow <laughs> they did i mean they, they made the oilers look like the oilers from the past few years 
that can't play defense, can't stop the puck out of their own net. Now it's one game. Yeah. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, just to think that we had back-to-back nights of a guy with a four-goal Stanley Cup playoff game, and his team loses on back-to-back nights. I don't. I. I'm willing to say that has never happened in the history of the NHL. Bujagross tweeted it. It only happened twice in the history of the game before. It was Savard but, and, damn, who was the other one? I forget. But it only happened twice in the history of hockey. Ray Ferraro. Yeah. Ray Ferraro. Yeah. That, that a guy scores four and his team loses. And we had it on back-to-back nights. Crazy. Insane. Love it. Insane. That, dude, that's what makes the playoffs so freaking great. That's why you got to watch every night because you don't know what you're going to miss. That's right. Uh, All right. So don't forget on the old DraftKings app, there's a uh, first goal scorer odds surge today. Oh. Uh, I'll give you a, a, bonus, a plus 200 bonus on any any guy you choose uh, to score first tonight. I literally just – just did a, a pick out of the hat type thing. I went with Eric Haula, H-A-U-L-A. Haula. You know, Hula. you know what his new. That's not a bad pick because he's been really effective for the Devils. You know what his new nickname is now? Score first goals for Lawrence Haula. No, they, he's uh, <laughs> he's been nicknamed Haula Famer. There you go. Oh, See, that God. would work. I still um, wish he wore fifty five, so his jersey said Hall ass, but that's just. <laughs> Remember when uh, Math- remember when Matthew Dumba first came in the league and his he was fifty five, so yeah, he was Dumba fifty five. Still a great um, number. I'm sure that was on purpose. That had to be on purpose. That's yeah, great. Throw a couple bucks on your old DraftKings app and <clears throat> maybe you know hit a little. Nice we ball. were one Matthew Kachuk empty net goal at the end of that game from hitting that plus nineteen hundred player of the week. That's a, yeah. Damn, we got the Ryan O'Reilly check. goal. It was under six and a half. We just, I was like, come on, get him out there, get him an empty net goal, and we would have hit that bet. No, <laughs> well, but we didn't. <laughs> he had another assist. He had another assist. As I saw, they were all upset this morning that Sam Bennett only got a five thousand dollar fine for his cross check on Michael Bunton, Bunting. I, I, I honestly, I didn't see that play, so I, I'm not sure. But I, I don't think Sam Bunting or Sam Bennett has the history of being a pudwack like Michael Bunting does. But I mean, if you, if you, if you do anything less than a lifetime ban for a game of hockey, if you hit a Maple Leaf is, is going to upset that fandom. And yeah. It's Thorough. one of the many, many reasons. Yeah. Always upset. Them. Always upset those Maple Leafs. All right. Lawrence, before we go, what's the, what are our web, what are the poll results? Oh, uh, let's see here. Well, uh, whatever happens, happens still the very strong uh, leader in the clubhouse here, 70%. And then tied at 15% confidence and bundles of nerves. All right. So. Well, we're going to get our answer Monday night. Let's see. Let's, let's see where that poll is at 645 Monday night. I bet you it's a little different. Yeah, I bet yeah. so. Yeah. I bet so. But we'll be here with you. We're going to jump on live at 7, uh, watch along with you, react along with you. Then around 730, 735, the podcast will officially begin. And we are hoping to hear from Blackhawks GM Kyle Davidson during that show. So make sure you don't miss it. Make sure you uh, join us, and we will celebrate or mourn together. Mourn the arrival of a really, really good hockey player to our favorite team. So it's going to be a good night one way or other. Hoping for a great night on the west side. That would be great. All right, we'll talk to you Monday at 7 p.m. Remember, we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up for Greg and for Lawrence for running the show. I'm Jay Zawoski. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.